Chapter 8 of the Olive Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. The Olive Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Chapter 8 The Thanksgiving of the Wazir. Once upon a time there lived in Hindustan two kings whose countries bordered upon each other, but as they were rivals in wealth and power, and one was a Hindu Raja, and the other a Mohammedan Bacha, they were not good friends at all. In order, however, to escape continual quarrels, the Raja and the Bacha had drawn up an agreement, stamped and signed, declaring that if any of their subjects, from the least to the greatest, crossed the boundary between the two kingdoms, he might be seized and punished. One morning the Bajah and his chief wazir, or prime minister, were just about to begin their morning's work over the affairs of the kingdom, and the Bajah had taken up a pen, and was cutting it to his liking with a sharp knife, when the knife slipped and cut off the tip of his finger. Oi, wazir, cried the king, I've cut the tip of my finger off. That is good hearing, said the wazir in answer. Insolent one, exclaimed the king, do you take pleasure in the misfortunes of others, and in mine also? Take him away, my guards, and put him in the court prison until I have time to punish him as he deserves. Instantly the officers in attendance seized upon the luckless wazir and dragged him out of the king's presence towards the narrow doorway through which unhappy criminals were wont to be led to prison or to execution. As the door opened to receive him, the wazir muttered something into his great white beard, which the soldiers could not hear. What said the rascal? shouted the angry king. He says he thanks your majesty, replied one of the jailers, and at his words the king stared at the closing door in anger and amazement. He must be mad, he cried, for he is grateful not only for the misfortunes of others, but for his own. Surely something has turned his head and the king was very fond of his old wazir, and although the court physician came and bound up his injured finger with cool and healing ointment, and soothed the pain, he could not soothe the soreness of the king's heart, nor could any of his ministers and courtiers, who found his majesty very cross all the day long. Early next morning the king ordered his horse, and declared that he would go hunting. Instantly all was bustle and preparation, in stable and hall, and by the time he was ready a score of ministers and huntsmen stood ready to mount and accompany him but to their astonishment the king would have none of them indeed he glared at them so fiercely that they were glad to leave him so away and away he wandered over field and through forest so moody and thoughtful that many a fat buck and gaudy pheasant escaped without notice and so careless was he whither he was going that he strayed without perceiving it over into the rajah's territory and only discovered the fact when suddenly men stepped from all sides out of a thicket and there was nothing left but surrender the poor bachah was seized and bound and taken to the rajah's prison thinking most of the time of his wazir who was suffering a similar fate and wishing that like the wazir he could feel that there was something to give thanks for that night the rajah held a special council to consider what should be done to his rival who had thus given himself into his hands. All the Brahmins were sent for, fat priests who understood all about everything, and what days were lucky, and what unlucky, 
and whilst all the rest of the rajah's counsellors were offering him different advice until he was nearly crazy with anger and indecision the chief brahmin was squatting in a corner figuring out sums and signs to himself with an admiring group of lesser priests around him at last he arose and advanced towards the throne well said the rajah anxiously what have you to advise a very unlucky day exclaimed the chief brahmin oh a very unlucky day the god devi is full of wrath and commands that to-morrow you must chop off this bacha's head and offer it to him in sacrifice ah well said the rajah let it be done i leave it to you to carry out the sentence and he bowed to the priests and left the room before dawn great preparations were being made for a grand festival in honor of the great idol davy hundreds of banners waved hundreds of drummers drummed hundreds of singers chanted chants hundreds of priests well washed and anointed performed their sacred rites whilst the rajah sat nervous and ill at ease amongst hundreds of courtiers and servants wishing it were all over at last the time came for the sacrifice to be offered and the poor bacha was led out bound to have his head chopped off the chief brahmin came along with a smile on his face and a big sword in his hand when suddenly he noticed that the bacha's finger was tied up in a bit of rag instantly he dropped the sword and with his eyes starting out of his head with excitement pounced upon the rag and tore it off and there he saw that the tip of his victim's finger was missing at this he got very red and angry indeed and he led the bacha up to where the rajah sat wondering behold old rajah he said the sacrifice is useless the tip of his finger is gone a sacrifice is no sacrifice unless it is complete and he began to weep with rage and mortification but instead of wailing likewise the rajah gave a sigh of relief and answered well that settles the matter if it had been anyone else i should not have minded but somehow a king and all well it doesn't seem quite right to sacrifice a king and with that he jumped up and with his jeweled dagger cut the bacha's cords and marched with him out of the temple back to the palace after having bathed and refreshed his guests the rajah loaded him with gifts and himself accompanied him with a large escort as far as the frontier between their kingdoms where amidst salutes and great rejoicings they tore up the old agreement and drew up another in which each king promised welcome and safe conduct to any of the other's people from the least to the greatest who came over the border on any errand whatsoever so they embraced that each went his way when the bacha got home that very evening he sent for his imprisoned wazir well o wazir he said when the old man had been brought before him what think you has been happening to me how can a man in prison know what is happening outside it answered the wazir then the bacha told him all his adventures and when he had reached the end he added i have made up my mind as a token of gratitude for my escape to pardon you freely if you will tell me why you gave thanks when i cut off the tip of my finger sire replied the old wazir am i not right in thinking that it was a very lucky thing for you that you did cut off the tip of your finger for otherwise you would certainly have lost your head and to lose a scrap of one's finger is surely the least of the two evils very true answered the king touching his head as he spoke as if to make quite certain that it was still there but yet why did you likewise give thanks when i put you in prison i give thanks said the wazir because it is good always to give thanks and had i known that my being in prison was to prevent the god davy claiming me instead of your majesty 
as a perfect offering, I should have given greater thanks still. Punjabi Story This is the end of Chapter 8